This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. To the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. Radio, suckers never play him, he's in the mix. He's your host, Icy Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week. A bit less week, and this week I think it's going to get a lot less week. We got a ton of fun stuff ahead of us. Going to talk about a whole bunch of movies I saw. Going to talk about, going to talk about a legend who's passed away this this past week. I don't know. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a really, really good time. I got a, uh, I got an iceberg remix of an old jam here. Let's see if I can find it on the drive. All right, hold it now. Hit it. This is not insanity. This is how honesty looks when you're inside out and upside down. This broom tang slang will leave your headpiece hanging. Bounce this, I'm kicking like seagull out for justice. The roughness, yes, the rudeness, the rocks. Red rum, I verbally assault with the tongue. Murder one, my style shock you not like a stun gun. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. Must stay awake, must warn others. That is our credo here at the good old Icy Robots Radio Earth Base. Yes, yes, I am up here, not down there, or even, even up there on uh, Callisto. I am in, I am in the Earth Base here. As as you guys know, we had plans for a bit of a snow trip. We were gonna go up to Tahoe and do some sledding. I guess throw some snowballs. Make some snow angels, maybe make a snowman. What other, what other beginner level snow type activities are there? I guess, I guess back when I was a young sprat in Illinois, we would, we would try to make igloos. We didn't have those, um, those block molds that I see now. We, we would try to build igloos and have no success. We would try to build like snow walls, like walls of snow we could hide behind. We would... We would, like, bury each other in the snow and throw snowballs and ice balls at each other and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, we had planned to drive up to Tahoe in the IC Robots Mobile. Now, bear in mind that none of us have any experience, like, driving in the snow. It does... It does snow here, like, once every blue moon. You could... You recently could see the snow up on top of, I believe it's Mount St. Helena, but it doesn't, it doesn't not never snow down on, like, the ground level here. So we, we have zero Zilcho experience in driving in those, 
in those uh, type of deals. And the the trek up to Tahoe is like, it's like mountainous and stuff. And the day that we were scheduled to go down there, they got hit with like, I would call it not so much a storm, but a, a something. It warned for like potential blizzardous situations and they they ended up closing the road so we were we were unable to get up there so we we had like taken the week off for that and the whole the whole time it was blocked out so we spent like we spent like the week here we actually ended up like we went to the dig like just about every day which was which was an interesting experience quickly the uh dig sort of gets into your it gets into your blood it quickly becomes like this easy part of your life it was like we would get up get dressed eat some breakfast head over to the dig look around there for a while and then we would we would like go see a movie or do something we saw like every single movie that is out and uh worth seeing so i don't know it was it was a relaxing, fun time, but, uh, I, I did want to go to the snow. I did want to throw some snowballs. I think sledding, sledding is pretty fun. When you only do it, like, every few years, it's, like, really thrilling to go down a, uh, like a sledding hill. I don't know. I, I felt bad that we missed out on it. I would have felt worse if we would have drove all the way there and then got turned, got turned back the... The wife is more adventurous than your dude. She was like, we should just go and see if we can get through and see what happens. We should just like, we should give it a shot. But your dude's like, if we go all the way there and then we just have to turn back, it's like five hours. I'm going to be like, that's 10 hours in the car for nothing. That's going to be, that's going to be dumb. I don't know if it's worth, if it's worth that. And plus, what if we go down there and we end up getting stuck like somewhere? What if the... What if the roads close both ways and we're trapped? I don't know. Does that does it happen? It could. It could happen. But in the end, they ended up closing the road completely. So there was no there was no if ands or arguments. We ended up being stuck here. So that was that. This this past week, and by the time you guys hear this, this'll this'll be old news, but this is the first time I'm getting a chance to uh talk about it. We lost we lost two legends. Of course, one of them was Luke Perry. We all we all know and love Luke Perry. I love Luke Perry. I love him on Riverdale. I loved him on 90210. He he brought sideburns back. Remember how, like, dudes would wear, like, sideburns, like, back in the 70s, right? Like, the 70s, you had, like, mutton chops and all kinds of, like, sideburn style. But the, one of the credos of the 80s was a complete rejection of everything 70s. Eventually, 70s stuff became dope. But at first, you had to turn your back on disco and all that stuff and mutton chops and sideburns were one of those things people turn their back on until, until Luke as a uh, Dylan on 90210 brought those, brought those sideburns back. Sideburns are cool, man. I, I don't have the ability to grow like giant mutton chops, but if I did, I would. I might. I might not. But also, also this past week we lost professional wrestling legend King Kong Bundy. I have been like a wrestling fan for a really, really long time. I think that I first started hearing about wrestling like 1985. That was around the year of WrestleMania one. My my first exposure to wrestling was via wrestling magazines over at the over at the Safeway. I would see the like Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the wrestler and stuff, and the the pictures of these wacky dudes and wacky costumes. Sometimes like. Sometimes, like, covered in blood really, really intrigued me, but I could never, 
I could never find wrestling on TV. I have come to understand that at one point we had like a like a real thriving local scene out of San Francisco, but I could never I could never find it on TV. Eventually I eventually I started watching WWF Superstars on Channel 2 on um Saturday and then later like later like Sunday mornings on KTVU they would have like WWF Wrestling Challenge or maybe it was maybe it was the other way around but there were like these two 1-hour shows and I started to I started to get into that one of the major dudes at the time that I that I started to actually see wrestling was King Kong Bundy he was he was like in the middle of this storyline where he he like put Hulk Hogan on the uh disabled list with like with like an avalanche splash. He was he was like this giant obese guy with a with a black singlet and a bald head. He looked like he looked like one of those Eminem cartoons that you see in the commercials. But imagine imagine that with like more of a more of a formed head, but he he, like, trapped Hulk Hogan in the corner and he crushed him. And Hulk had, like, he had, like, damaged ribs and stuff. He would go around wearing, like, like tape around his, uh, his rib area. And Bundy would, like, get heat by yanking the, uh, yanking the tape off and going to work on the, uh, middle section of Hulk Hogan. But they, they met up and wrestled at WrestleMania 2. And that was one of the... That was one of the first big wrestling events that I, that I ever recall being part of the part of the build-up, you know, I was, I was watching it as the, uh, storylines progressed, so I was, I was, like, crazy into WrestleMania 2, we didn't, we didn't get the pay-per-view, my folks wouldn't spring for it, I get it, those things are, those things are pricey, but I, I snuck out after everybody went to bed, and I called a 900 wrestling hotline, you know, a 1-900 wrestling, 1-900 wrestling fact, I wonder what the, I went through what the actual hotline was. I have, like, absolutely no, no recollection of that. But I snuck out after, after everyone had gone to bed, I snuck out under cover of darkness. And I called this, I called this wrestling hotline. I hid, I hid behind a curtain and I, and I called it and I found out that, I found out, in fact, that Hulk Hogan had defeated King Kong Bundy. He body slammed him, dropped the leg, and he pinned him. That was what Hogan did every match. Every single match, Hogan would get worked over, worked over, worked over. And then all of a sudden, he would miraculously come back, body slam the dude, drop the leg, win the match. It was annoying. It bothered me. I I never felt Hulk Hogan. I respect him as a cultural figure or whatever, but I was never... I was not never a Hulk Hogan guy, so I was bummed out a bit when I saw that uh when I saw that King Kong Bundy did not win. The uh the basic formula of the WWF at that time is that Hulk Hogan was the champ and they would bring in like new dudes to fight him all the time. And I would always I would always root for the new dude. I was always want them to beat Hogan, but they never not never did. But back to back to King Kong Bundy, I I really did think he was gonna beat Hulk Hogan. He had this he had this gimmick at the time where he would, uh, give the guy, like, the avalanche splash, and when the referee would count one, two, three, Bundy would insist that you count two more, and you take it to five, four, five, it was the ultimate, it was the ultimate disgrace, you were held down not for three seconds, but for five seconds, I, I had a few different King Kong Bundy figures, I had a small, like, a small rubber bendy, and LJN, I had a bigger, I had the bigger LJN. They might be the only the only two that I had. I do remember at one point I saw in Toy Fair magazine some company was they were coming out with uh these kind of off-brand wrestling figures. They made like 
Abdullah the Butcher, and then they made King Kong Bundy. But one of the one of the variants to the uh, Bundy was that he came he came covered in blood, like they painted red blood all over his face, and I I definitely wanted that. He also he also appeared on Married with Children. I I think that he was like Al's cousin or Al's brother, or maybe. Maybe he was Peg's brother. I I did watch that show, but I'm foggy on a lot of the details. That was that was many many moons ago. But I I was into Married with Children. I wonder why I have like a very very slim recollection of any of the episodes. I probably could not tell you even one episode of what happened on Married with Children. But I I think I would say that I've seen every single one at least at least most of the early season ones. I. That's weird. Anyway, I guess, I guess their bad writing just doesn't, doesn't stick to your brain. I am down here, up here rather, in the, in the Earth base, like I said. And I can see right from here. I can see my LJN King Kong Bundy over there on the shelf. I, I was way into that dude. He was only, he was in his early 60s when he's passed. But I, I don't know. When, when your gimmick in life is that you are morbidly obese, I guess you can't. I guess you can't expect to live a super long life, but while he was here, he was a shining light. Our dude, King Kong Bundy, was a monster among men. He headlined, he headlined WrestleMania. That's a giant deal. He fought Hulk Hogan. He fought Devon Eriks. He did all, he did all sorts of great stuff. He really, the lights that go out the quickest are the ones that shine the brightest. And that's what we, that's what we got to say about you, King Kong Bundy. It's a, it's with a sad, sad, heavy heart that I have to say, King Kong Bundy, they reminisce over you. The five. And the referee obliges him. Give me a break, ref. Well, would you rather see another splash, Monsoon? In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? On February 22nd, experience the feel-good comedy of the year. Have you got a stiffy? Excuse me? So don't worry about being the next me. Be the first you. Hey, you can't just hang out with The Rock. Fighting with my family. Rated PG-13. Like I, uh, like I said earlier in the show, the, the snow trip was a wash, and we got stuck here in Santa Rosa, and we saw, we saw a lot of movies. I'm gonna talk about a couple of them right now, and then I'll, I'll mention the other ones. I'll, I'll throw some mics at the other ones, too, but, um, the, the first movie that we saw was a flick called Fighting With My Family. Fighting With My Family is a WWE production. They are the company, of course, once known as the WWF. If you don't know, they make movies. They make a lot of, like, straight-to-DVD movies starring their wrestlers. Like, there's the one where this guy, The Miz, plays this character called The Marine. I think there have been, like, I don't know, there's been at least three different Marine movies. They, They started the Marine series with John Cena. Then I also know, like, Dolph Ziggler made a movie, and they made a horror movie with Kane. There's... There's been all sorts, but this one, this one was made in conjunction with the, uh, with The Rock. So this one actually got to go, it got to go to the big screen. I think the other ones, they might go to the big screen, but in like a super, 
like a super small release, I think. But uh, this was like this was like a full on movie. It is the tale of former WWE Divas Champion Paige. Paige is British. She kind of has like a goth thing going on. She has like black hair, white face. She's all. She's all, like, hot-topicked out, you know, and she and her family have been running a wrestling business over in Britain for, for what seems like forever. They have, like, a small-time, like, a small-time indie wrestling sort of thing. With, uh, Paige and her brother, this guy who wrestles as Zack Zodiac, they, they're the two big stars of the group, but they, they dream of, like, WWF fame. I think that... I think that this whole thing is based off a reality show that they did in Britain about the family. I'm not, I'm not actually sure, but, uh, they, they run this wrestling thing and they have their two stars. Their hope is that they'll all go to the WWF and then come back and, like, headline in the group and the group will get, like, way bigger and sell out, like, Wembley Stadium or, or whatever. And they are lucky enough to get an invite to a, uh, tryout when the WWE comes to town and they they do their best, they bust their humps, they give all they got for the tryout, but only Paige gets picked. Zack Zodiac gets left behind. That's not a spoiler, that's all, that's all in the trailer. That is, that is the big conflict of the movie. Zack, Zack is the one who wanted the WWE dream. Paige wanted it too, but Zack wanted it like, he wanted it super hard. He was the chosen one, and he didn't make it, so he has resentment toward Paige, who gets to move to uh, Florida and train and train with Vince Vaughn. It was, it was like a fun movie. It was okay, I guess. I, I am, you know, a bit of a wrestling fan, so I felt like I was nitpicking at the movie and finding the parts that weren't, that weren't, like, accurate. And movies like this are always, they're always inaccurate. It's just, it's just the way that it is. And I, I was kind of drawn out of it because of that. But the, the wife liked it a lot. She, she thought it was like, you know, nice, feel-good, kind of hallmarky sort of thing, which was, which was what it is. The the WWE production values are similar to a they're real similar to like a, a Hallmark holiday movie. They they don't have that like they don't have that big screen that big screen feel. But still, it was fine. I had a I had a decent time. It was it was a bit silly. There was all these all these run ins with the uh with the rock, like when they like when they would get down, when Paige would get down, The Rock would show up and give her a pep talk and and bring her back because one time backstage, they met up. They met up before the tryout. And that's not that's not a spoiler either. That's that's in the trailers. And The Rock, The Rock gave him a pep talk. And then whenever Paige is down, The Rock shows up, picks her back up. One one of the uh one of the conceits of the movie. One of the things you have to accept if you're going to watch the film, is that, is that Paige is not a hot chick, because she has dark hair, you know, it's her against, uh, all these, for lack of a better term, blonde, sort of, like, bimbo types, and they're all competing for what seems like, it seems like one job in the, in the WWE, and you have to accept that Paige is not pretty, because she has dark hair, it's like one of those, it's like one of those 80s movie tropes, where the girl, the girl is not cute because because she has glasses and maybe she wears she wears her hair up with a uh like with a bun with a pencil in it or something you know they're they're not cute you can't see you can't see the uh the supermodel they have hidden under those under those spectacles but at any any rate it 
it was fine. It was fun. It was decent. I, I did not have a bad time. I laughed. I laughed a few times. It wasn't like, it wasn't like up to the snuff of a, of like a Oscar, Oscar type movie. It was, it was definitely the feel of like a straight to DVD movie that was, that was put in the cinema because, because of the power, the power of The Rock. So, with all that said, on the good old fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all time classic, I am going to give Fighting With Your Family a, I don't know, 2.5 2. 2. mics? 2.5 mics. Arctic, starring Mads Mikkelsen. It's okay. The second movie that we saw was a movie called Arctic. It uh, it stars Mads Mikkelsen. Isn't it? Isn't it weird that the name of the of the place is Ark? Tick, A-R-C-T-I-C. I always just say Arctic. I I went to see this at the at the Arty Farty Theater, and in my mind I imagined the the snooty cashier. Like I go up there and I'd go, two for uh Arctic, please. And he goes, We don't we don't have a movie here called Arctic. We have a we have a film called Arctic. Is that what you meant? And I'd go, Yes, I meant I meant Arctic. And he would give me my tickets and I would feel I would feel put down. But that that didn't happen. I think that I did say Arctic, and they gave me, they gave me the tickets. Anywho, the the movie stars Mads Mikkelsen, who you might know from. He was in Rogue One. He was Jen Urso's dad, Galen Urso. He's the one that uh, he's the one that calls her Stardust. He's he's a real interesting actor. He's a real like interesting looking dude too. the The story of Arctic is that uh, he's like he's some kind of a pilot, and he has crash landed in the in the Arctic many moons ago, and I, I don't know why he hasn't been found up until this point, I guess the answer is, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of area to traverse, looking for the dude, and who knows, maybe he was, maybe he was off course for some reason, they don't know what to look for him, but it seems like, it seems like he's been out there for, for quite a long time, but he's not like, he's not really doing that bad for himself, he has like, these, these fishing rigs set up for the, the sort of like under the ice, ice fishing type stuff, and they they gather fish for him all the time. He lives inside the inside of the airplane. It's not it's not great by any means, but he can. It seems as if he can survive indefinitely until he is until he is eventually found. But uh, things go mad awry. Like one day he sees a helicopter. He sees a helicopter coming. He's like, I'm gonna get rescued. So he goes and he goes out to uh to try to you know signal that he's there when the the helicopter crashes. This is all in the trailers. It's not it's not a spoiler. The helicopter crashes. One of the pilots doesn't make him make it, rather, and he is left taking care of the other pilot who is like completely busted up. She is she is at death's door. So he decides we gotta get out of here. At first he was just gonna wait until they found him, but now he's like we got to get out. She's not going to survive very long. So he he starts on this uh this quest to take her over a mountain and out of out of harm's way. This was 
this was a real good movie. For the most part, it is. It's silent. He talks. He talks a little bit. He talks to her. His watch. His watch beeps. Basically, it's like. It's Mads Mikkelsen walking through the Arctic carrying. Carrying a. Uh. What would you call it? Like a litter? I guess he has like a litter with her in the back. And they. They face just all sorts of perils, as you can imagine there. There's like a polar bear on their trail. The. The weather. Just the weather itself, getting enough calories to survive. This is this is a harrowing journey, and this was a very, very exciting movie. I I liked this one quite a bit. It was only ninety eight minutes, which is also which is also perfect because let's be honest, as as interesting an actor as uh, good old Mads Mikkelsen is, they they just got him walking around in the snow, and ninety minutes is the perfect length for something like this. It was great. I thought it was thought it was dynamite. The the movie was written by this guy named Joe Papa, who's never written a flick before. So, for the first time out, I gotta, I gotta give it up to him. It was put out by Bleecker Street. Bleecker Street's been putting some, uh, some interesting stuff out as of late. I, I don't go and see like every, every Bleecker Street movie, but I do, I do try to catch them when I, when I, you know, when I see it. I know that there is like a certain degree of certain degree of quality, they put out, like, Papillon, they put out, uh, what else, what else did I see, Beirut, Leave No Trace was pretty good, I, I don't know, Lost City of Z, Megan Levy, Logan Lucky, these were all, these were all some, uh, recent Bleecker Street flicks, I, I don't know, like, how much there is to say about this, it was, it's a survival flick, he goes out there, he tries to survive, it was, it was good stuff, though, very, very well put together. So, I would say, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud, and five being an all-time classic, I would give Arctic a solid 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics. There were, there were a couple other movies I saw. Let me look at the list. I want to get, I want to get, like, a second for all of these. I saw Fighting With My Family. We saw Alita. Battle Angel Alita, that was okay. I I don't really go for these kind of like animated manga style things, but it was it was alright. The the problem was the movie was mad long. It felt like it was it felt like it was going on for hours, but it had it had Mahershala Ali, it has Jennifer Connolly in it, it has Christoph Waltz. So like how bad could it be? Plus it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. If you like sort of thing with like androids and dystopian futures and all sorts of manga type stuff you you might like it i gave it i gave it 2.5 mics 2.5 mics and then we saw how to train your dragon 3 i think i think i saw how to train your dragon i know i didn't see how to train your dragon 2 i thought it was fine the first one but i i didn't feel like seeing the second one but the the wife and the kid they saw it and they loved it they were dying to see this so See it, we did, and I don't know, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, I guess, they, these people are, like, obsessed with dragons, and this other people are, like, obsessed with killing all the dragons, I don't know, it was okay, it had Jerry Butler in it, I, I am, like, a huge Gerard Butler fan, and I don't, I don't know why, this guy, he puts out, like, this, this certain type of, uh, type of silly action movie that I really dig, so I, I see almost everything that, uh, Gerard Butler's in, so maybe, maybe in that sense, that's why, that's why I go. I don't know, I wouldn't know how to rate this movie. It didn't, it didn't make, like, a ton of sense to me. The animation was good. There were, there were some laughs. I, 
I wouldn't say that I minded seeing it by any means. It went by, it went by uh, pretty quickly. So I don't know, three mics maybe. I guess I liked it better than uh, Battle Angel Alita. It was it was shorter, so it had that going for it. Three mics. Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. Game over, man. It's game over. Geekfest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all. So say we all. Join us by listening in at iTunes, YouTube, and at geekfestrants.com. You made it this far, it's time, the final segment, the Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. Alright, it is me and we are back. You guys, you guys don't know this, but for the first time ever, like ever in the history of the show, I have gone back in after I completed the episode and I am re-recording this entire segment, because they knew a new tale has come to life, and I want to get it out there while it is still fresh. So, here is that tale. I do not know, I do not know if you guys know, but a while back, we were, we were taxed with fostering these two kittens. They were like, they were found on the side of a road, they were all scraggly, and we We did not think that either one was going to make it, but in fact, they both did. We had to spoon feed them, but before we spoon fed them, we had to bottle feed them. They were, they were, I'm not even kidding. They were like, they were like as small as like small apples. They were like, they were really, really, really tiny. And we, we just didn't think they would make it, but we, we managed to help them out. They were brave. They pulled through. One of them, one of them, the... The orange one. There was an orange one and a black one. The orange one, the orange one has grown up fine. He does seem like he has some hearing issues. He has, he has possibly some vision issues. I'm not, I'm not super sure, but he, he's more or less fine. But the black one, she, she stayed super small. I'm not even kidding. She is maybe, maybe like six inches long, not counting her tail. She has a big, a big fluffy tail, but her body is really like really, really, really small. She, she has difficulties like jumping up on the couch. Like that's how, that's how small she is. We, we have a decent sized backyard on the earth base. We have, we have a dog door so the dogs and the cats and stuff can go play in the backyard. We feel fine having the, uh, the little black one play in the backyard, but we, we do not allow them to go in the front. Not that, not that the front is dangerous. We live in a suburb, but I, I don't think that she would be able to hop the fence to get back into the yard. I think that she can only get in through the, like, through the cat door and stuff. So we keep, we keep a pretty close eye on her. I, I think she has, like, an adventurous spirit. She doesn't know that she's a runt. She thinks she can do anything. And this led to her getting out the front door one night. The thing was, we did not discover that she had gotten out the front door until it was just about bedtime. We we normally go to bed at like 11, 11.15 or so, and we didn't discover until it was 
it was about that time. So we went out and we looked around for her a bit, but we weren't we weren't entirely certain that she wasn't just like hiding somewhere in the house. You know how cats, you know how they do. They have all these like nooks and crannies where they hide it. We didn't know if she was out front or hiding in the house. So we went to bed, but neither of us neither of us really slept well because while I am not a cat person per se, we do have a couple cats and I don't I don't hate them or anything. I'm definitely a dog person. I just I would say I love the dogs. And I allow the cats to live in the house because they need somewhere to live. They can live here. It's fine. We have a cat door. I prefer they stay outside. For the most part, they do. And it's all it's all good. But the, the uh, small black baby is so small and so runty and just deficient in every area that we try really, really hard to keep a, uh, keep a close eye on her. So when we woke up the next morning and she still wasn't around we we started to get a bit nervous she she loves to eat more than anything that there is she will always 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 show up for her meal so when she didn't show up for the morning feeding we we got worried and we we started going out and like walking around and calling her name we were calling baby when we got the two of them we didn't we didn't give either one names because, to be honest, we didn't we didn't think that they were going to make it. So we called we called the black one baby because she was small, like a little baby. She was the black baby, and then we called the orange boy just the the orange boy. He's still he's still just the orange boy. We never we never gave him names. It's weird, but that is just what it what it was. So we were we were kind of out in front of the house going baby baby, hoping she would just show herself like she wanted to go home, but then. The wife had to go work to work and I was I was still off from the ski trip. So I I went up and down the street and I called out baby and I I couldn't find her anywhere. But I still I still wasn't certain that she wasn't that she wasn't somewhere in the house. So I I thoroughly searched the house. I went under the house. I went everywhere she could possibly be and then finally finally I was certain she wasn't here. So I went back on the street and I brought I brought my dog Ursa. I thought maybe if she saw Ursa, she would come out. And I'm looking around, I'm looking around, I'm looking around. But I can't find her anywhere. I can't find her anywhere. And I'm starting I'm starting to get nervous, right? Because when I say she's small and I say she's deficient, I'm not really getting across how deficient she is. She cannot she cannot at all survive out on her own. So I'm getting nervous and I I put up like a couple signs because I figure she's somewhere she's somewhere on the block. And I can't find her because she can't get very far. But also, in the back of my head, I I thought maybe, maybe she just dropped dead. She's so, she's so meager and she's so sickly that if she just fell over dead one day, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like a giant surprise. So I thought maybe, maybe she just got out somewhere and passed away. I couldn't, I just couldn't figure out where she went. I spent like, I spent like the whole day looking. I went to the neighbor's houses. I talked to the neighbors over here talk to the neighbors over there and nobody nobody had seen her and I I was getting pretty worried because I feel like it's my duty to take care of my pets and I started thinking she's somewhere she's out there and she wants me to find her and I can't find her I started getting like I got really really upset and then then my dude engineer nerd messaged me to say that there was there was like a blank spot in last week's episode, which is, which is true. I made a mistake when I was moving the files around, but he, he messaged me to tell me that. And I was like, 
I was not in any way in the mood, so I snapped at him. I felt like I snapped at him. I later, I later apologized and explained to him how I was looking to the cat. So I feel like it's all, it's all good in the hood. But uh, I couldn't find her. That's the, that's the message of the story. And then it's getting later and later and later, and it's dark again. And the wife, the wife comes home, and by this point, I'm, I'm like run ragged from looking. It's very, it's very exhausting to look because. I'm I'm so invested. I want to find her. I want her to be safe. I want her to be to be back at home. And then the more I fail, the harder it gets. The more you fail, the more it feels like you're always going to fail. You start feeling I will never I will never find her. This is this is bad. And then finally, the wife comes home and she goes, "I'm going to go out and I'm going to look. I'm going to look." And I say, "Okay, you go do that. Maybe maybe you'll have more luck than I am." So she's going up the street. She goes up one way. She goes back the other way. She goes back the other way. And I can hear her. I can hear her out front, but she, instead of saying baby, she's yelling beast. Because sometimes we call the black baby the beast. She likes, she does like to fight. She's always like jumping on her brother and attacking him. And every time we do it, she's like, oh look, she's unleashed the beast. The beast is going to attack. So the wife, the wife is going up and down the street going, beast, beast. And finally, I hear her yell, I found her! And I run out, and it's, like, all the way down the block. But I jog all the way down the block, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you found her. She's like, yes, I said beast. And she ran out of the bushes, and she ran right up to me. So the story had a good had a good ending. I guess, I guess in her mind, she's the beast. I think of her as the baby, but she has grown, and she sees herself as the beast. But the beast is safe. I, I don't want you guys to think that I'm some kind of a cat person. I wasted, like, ten minutes telling a cat story. It's more story... It's more a story of a rescue than it is about cats because I I am not a cat person but I do I do live up to my responsibilities. If a pet comes and lives with me, I will take care of it whether I whether I like love it or like it or not. It's mine and I will I'll do what's necessary to keep it safe and I was feeling really really bad that I couldn't that I couldn't keep her safe. Let's see uh what else is going on. I've already done this segment so I got to I'm kind of redoing it in my head. Let's Let's uh check the text message that we got. We got we got a good one and this is this is also from Engineer Nerd. If you feel like if you like want to reach out to the show and send me like an audio message or like a text message or whatever, you can do so by calling 707-532-jams. That's 707-532-5267 and he he asks. He says what cartoon that didn't have toys from a young ISR life would you have really wanted to have toys? And I'm like, that's a good question. I thought about it for a little bit. And I I kind of think what I would have wanted the most were toys from the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Like, I always wanted a Scooby and a Shaggy to play with my Star Wars dudes. I, I wanted Space Ghost. I wanted the... I wanted the Herc Eloids. Let's look at some... Let's look at some lists here of the, uh, some Hanna-Barbera titles that I would have, that I would have wanted. Well, Scooby-Doo would be dope. Fred Flintstone, I would have been into that. The, the Skate Birds would have been fun. Popeye, I would have liked the Popeye. I would have liked, I don't know, man. I could never figure out why Hanna-Barbera was not more into marketing their products. Like, I'd go to the store and there would be toys for all these things, but I could never... I could never find a Scooby-Doo statue. I could never find a Scooby-Doo action figure. I could never find a little, a little Shaggy, a little Daphne, a little Fred, a little Space Ghost. Any of these things that I would have wanted to, that I would have wanted. Also, 
I also wanted Smurfs. I know they made those, like, those PVC Smurfs, but I wanted, like, Smurf action figures with, with articulation and stuff. And I did not, I did not never get that. And that was, that was a bit of a bummer. So, Engineer Nerd, I appreciate the question. It's a good one. It's a pretty good one. I, I probably could have named a million different things, but, uh, I'm going to focus in on these Hanna-Barbera properties. If you want to you wanna reach out to the show, it is 707-532-JAMS. That is 5267. I'm going to flip the script. We didn't do this the first time around, but I'm going to do... I'm going to do Amigo unboxing right here as we speak. I got... I got Andre the Giant from Target.com. It seems like all the... All the new ones that are Target exclusives are available right now. Like Farrah Fawcett... Marilyn Monroe, Joe Namath, Andre, and, um, who was it? Muhammad Ali. So, I bought the Andre. I like Andre as everybody else does, I guess. I'm gonna, let's pull him off the card. Let's try to, let's try to be delicate here so we don't, so we don't, like, rip it to shreds. I don't even see. I got my finger in there, so. Opening up Andre. We're gonna release him now. The card's nice. It has a good black and white picture of Andre on the front with a with an Andre autograph. Let's let's put that aside. He comes on a tray inside, so that is that's pretty neat. He comes with he comes with a little small chair to make it seem like Andre is big. Andre is eight inches, like like every other Migo is. It would have been cool if they could have they could have added like an extra inch so that he came across taller than the other guys. But I get it. Migos are 8 inches. It seems like a lot of Migo things are ways to keep the cost down. Making them all making them all like 8 inches is uh is one way they do it. He has he has a bit of a belly. I wonder if they're using the I wonder if they're using the George Went body from Cheers. The head sculpt is really nice. It looks it looks like Andre. He has a uh, he has his signature black singlet and his black boots and also he has a belt. It is for those of you that follow wrestling, he has the winged eagle WWE belt, but it says World Heavyweight Champion. I I like him. I think he he's pretty cool. He's going to be another another sparring partner for Action Jackson. He has he has the standard Migo articulation, the the 14 points. Migos are fun. You can really you can really pose them. I found out that my my dude on Twitter Esquilito does not like Migos. He prefers he prefers action figures that are like molded plastic, like G.I. Joe's. I think he doesn't, I think he doesn't like the, uh, the clothes. That's my take on it. And I, I dig that because it was, it took me a while to get over the fact that, like, I'm playing with dolls. Because Migos, Migos are dolls. They have clothes. Some of them have rooted hair. That, that's a doll as far as I'm concerned. Andre has molded hair. I prefer the molded hair myself. I, I like this guy. You can't really see, but I'm posing him right now. I'm playing him. He's, He's looking around for Hulk Hogan. He wants to smash that fool. I I like Andre. He's like not an awesome wrestler or anything, but he is he's like a mythic figure in the uh in the lore of our society. So I dig this Migo. I'm gonna put him over there. I had to start a new Migo shelf. I got I got two shelves that have all my Migos, my recent new purchase Migos, and I I have them in front of some lunch boxes that I that I have. I like lunch boxes too. I don't talk about that much, but I I keep my eye out for a lunch boxes at the flea market. But I I got the one whole shelf up on top, and then I got another one underneath. And I've had to I've had to start a third shelf. So far, so far only Muhammad Ali is on there. But Andre's going to join him, 
And eventually, Bruce Lee is going to join them both because I... I put out a pre-order on Bruce Lee the other day. I don't think I don't think he's going to come till April, but I am looking forward to getting that. Should be dope. Okay, we are we are just about out of here. We we picked up a new patron this week, and if you if you feel like that's something you might be interested in, if you want to be interested in helping us out, you can do so over at support supportthereport.com. This this new chap is a fella he goes by the name of he goes by the name of Edward. Ed, I want to uh, I want to thank you a lot for signing up and helping us out. It really it really means a lot to me, even more so than than getting like a you know like a small paycheck every month for doing the show. It's really nice just to see that some of you guys feel like you feel like this is important enough in your life that you wanna you wanna help support it, man. That makes me that makes me feel good. Think of Patreon as a way to make. To make me feel good. I like to think that in some ways I I help improve your life. I help to I help you to like make your week a little less weak. If you want to make my week a little less weak, you can do so by going over to supportthereport.com, like our man Ed, and signing up to to help us. And it's not like it's not like you don't get anything for it. You definitely, definitely do. We got like a whole bunch of patron-only shows over there. There's there's the audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. That's over there. There is the all-new all exciting POS, the patron only show. That's my, that's my baby right now. I love that show so much. I think that show is actually more fun than this show. If you, if you can believe that there's anything more fun than this. I know that's, I know that's hard to accept. We got, we got like, I don't know, a few minutes away from finishing an all new POS. So I think that one is going to be available, not this Monday, but the Monday after the next episode comes out. So Keep your eyes peeled for that. Ed, thanks again. I appreciate it from the bottom, the bottom of my heart. Next week, next week's show is going to be fun. We're going to a, uh, we're going to a toy show in Sacramento, the SAC Toy Con. And the, the keynote guest is Keon Young. He did the voice of Storm Shadow on G.I. Joe, but he also, he was also Wu in Deadwood. He's the guy who would go swedging all the time. I'm really... I'm really looking forward to seeing him, and I hope he's doing a panel, because as far as I know, they have completed a shooting on the Deadwood movie, so he might, he might have some insight, he might have some dirt. Also, the guy who does the voice of Dr. Mindbender is going to be there, so this, this should be fun. If they, if they do any panels, I will probably record those and put them over on Patreon for those, for those who are more supportive, you get the fun panels. I... I don't know. That should be great. We'll also we'll talk about Captain Marvel. That should be dope. I'm looking forward to that. So, until then, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off. This is the uh, Toys R Us report, episode number 187. If you don't know, I know. has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Everybody love everybody! Come on!
Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL Sacramento, Stockton, California.